Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to a very special 69th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and joining me, uh, as usual... Yeah. Uh, old reliable-ish. Old... Not in unreliable, you were... Well. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Let's like, <laughs> yeah. not true. You know, there's no need to dress it up. That's true. Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. So, today's show could have been a lot of things. We tend to do these shows on Thursdays. So, uh, if you've been keeping track, yep. you know, may have noticed that by now. I have. So, we could, <laughs> have, yeah. we could have been doing this show after two World Series games in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what we were talking about the last time we were together. Uh, but we're not. The Blue Jays didn't make uh, the World Series. They lost in six games to the Kansas City Royals. A team uh, that is good, yet has also taken on uh, supernatural abilities in the eyes of those who are paid to cover (laughs) the Kansas City Royals. Not even the Kansas City Royals. (laughs) The people who work for the networks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. in, In a way... That makes me want to die. Got to sell that story. But yeah. So we could be talking about how they lost game six. How they lost uh, in a very, very compelling six game series with truly dramatic games like like game six. Yeah. With the rain delay and the Yoast season baloney and all the stuff that happened in that game. Uh, I, I was already. I, I cannot remember a lot of it, to be honest with you. But yeah. I was. I had. We were we were going to do some Thursday evening quarterbacking. Oh yeah, we were going to talk about things that happened in that game. That was my plan all week. Sure, of course. It was like we'll do a little bit of that. We got to look back. A lot of that stuff you can still chew on it. Those bones are going to be meaty all <laughs> winter long. We were going to second guess John Gibbons or or agree and disagree. It was going to be great. It was going to be compelling radio. Guess what? Other than maybe me going off on a Royals related rant. Uh, which I would... It's not going to take much for me to no. do. No. I'll see this Escobar. It's bad. What the fuck? Look. <laughs> the Royals are good. The Royals won 95 games. Yeah. They are a team that is, no doubt, somehow, greater than the sum of its parts. We're just getting this out of the way. But if you look at me, the thing of... Like, <laughs> this was all some part of some fucking grand design. Like, when they were heralding this great, great, great Royals farm system... That what they were all thinking was, yeah, these guys are going to hit a bunch of fucking seeing eye singles yeah. and never strike out. They yeah. were like, you know, Eric Hosmer, he's basically going to be Sean Casey. And that's okay. No, it fucking wasn't. Yeah. And you're going to tell me that they're going to, oh yeah, this is the way they want the team to be. Like they would rather have Mike Moustakis than Josh fucking Donaldson? No! Fuck that. Fuck the Royals. They're good. But they're not the greatest team to have ever been assembled. Everyone blues in their shit about them not striking out against the Mets the other night because Jacob DeGrom was trash. Yeah. He was bad, and yes. so was Harvey. David Price struck out 16 Royals in two starts. 16. Oh, they never strike out. That happened last fucking week. <laughs> God damn it. I made a, a comment about them being the off-brand Cardinals, and it has come so much truer than I ever expected yeah. it to. It's all unfortunate. This <laughs> the whole narrative. Nothing that they do could ever be wrong. Yeah. So it's not even about the Cardinals. I mean, the Royals as much as it's about their fans who are fucking scum. Yeah. 
I dare you to find a Royals fan that doesn't have the word classy in every single one of their fucking tweets or emails to whoever in anger. And uh, the way that the team is covered is bullshit. Fuck the Royals. They're good. They deserve to be there. The, the Jacob deGrom was bad, and none of those Royals missed any of those pitches. Even if they did hit weird little 75-foot singles over the mound or line, little line, hard-hit ground ball through the hole. That all, they all count. Yep. you got to put good swings on those pitches. But Jesus Christ, they're not the 1927 Yankees. They're not. They're not even the 2013 Red Sox or the 2013 Cardinals or the 2014 Giants. Fuck the Royals. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Nope. We're talking about <laughs> the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, Richard Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Because, you see, Richard Griffin is eligible for the job, and I'm sure he would apply given the opportunity. Uh, you know, he, he has 30 years in the game, and then a bunch in the cover in the game. The Blue Jays don't have a general manager because Alex Anthopoulos fucking walked away today. Or so it is suggested. Yeah. Which, holy shit. <laughs> this certainly did cause a lot of shit and a lot of a lot of drawers. There's a lot of shit and a lot of cuts. Yeah. As well as shit in drawers. There's shit everywhere. It is a mess. Piss too. There are so many full diapers. <laughs> there are so many soaked pants. Yep. So that's, obviously, what we're going to talk about. Uh... If you're not a Royals fan and you feel inclined to keep us in business here, uh, as we've been mentioning all season long, we're going to keep going here in the off season, every week, probably within reason. Yeah, I don't think we'll be kicking around here on Christmas Eve or anything yeah, like but, that. Yeah, but that, other than that, yeah, the people the people are still paying, so we got to give them the content. Oh, and we're happy to do off it. Bullshit. Yeah, fucking happy right. to do it. It's happy great. to do it every every damn week. We will do. Maybe we'll bring back the quiz. Um, maybe we'll bring back some of your favorite guests, of which there were, what, three? <laughs> I think so. I think we got to bring Lewis. Lewis came out the woodwork. Yeah. There in September. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very open to that. But, as Soton mentioned, patreon.com slash birds all day. We are very thankful and appreciative of everyone who supported us through this amazing season, this amazing playoff run. Uh, I hope you had as much fun as we did watching it and talking about it and being a part of it. So if you wanted to kick us a couple bucks a month, that's the place to do it. Don't feel pressured to do so, but we are very appreciative and we do are very thankful for everyone who participated and helped out and did their thing all season long. Uh, after Patreon, of course, I mentioned iTunes. Go to iTunes. You can rate, subscribe, uh, review, all of the things so you can get it right into your device. Uh, Podcatcher, Podbean, Stitchers, and all these places for the most part. Yeah, maybe. SoundCloud, and of course, AndrewStoughton.com uh, is where you can get it. Uh, GhostRunnerFirst.com is where you can get very sporadic content <laughs> yeah. of a exceedingly flowery nature. So that's it. Alex Anthopoulos is out. The season is over. And apparently the world with it. Thanks to uh, the second, the first of those things. So we're going to talk about uh, all that and not a single other thing. On this edition of Birds All Day. So, as 
word leaked and trickled and then came gushing out today. Alex Anthopoulos, who was uh, without a contract for 2016, remains today without a contract for 2016. He also remains without a job for 2016, as he and the Blue Jays were unable to agree on a contract extension, and he is no longer the general manager of your Toronto Blue Jays. Stoughton, Mm -hmm. why is this happening? (laughs) Well, it seems everybody thinks it's because uh, he wanted more autonomy. He wanted the kind of autonomy that he had under Paul Beeston, which Mark Shapiro was uh, not willing to give as... Someone who came from Cleveland, who gave up a lot of power in Cleveland to have control of this organization, did not decide to make his first move, ceding a whole shitload of that power to a guy who's already here. Is it just about power? Is it, or is it about less about power, maybe more about um, forward progress in your career? Yeah, I think that it's, there's a, probably an aspect of that. I, I don't know if there's... Well, Anthopolis was coy about what specifically led to him not coming to terms with the Jays, but, I mean, it's clear that it wasn't money, it wasn't the contract length, it wasn't that he didn't want to be here. Uh, I mean, you know, they can say whatever the fuck they want, I guess, but it looked like it was a relationship that was going to be able to find a way to work. Um, I don't know if it was philosophical. I don't know if it was because he got scolded for trading too many prospects. I don't know if it's just that Shapiro saw the opportunity to to consolidate, uh, to keep his own power and to do things the way that once he was given the keys, to be like, eh, you know what, fuck this. I don't care what anybody else thinks about this. this is, they gave me this organization to run and I'm going to do it. And not necessarily keep this guy just because... All the fans out there have all this adulation for him that they want to, that they want me to feel as well, you know. And I think I wrote about this in my, my piece for the Post. You know, I, I think if you're an outsider, if you're Shapiro, uh, and you're looking at what the Jays did this year, it looks probably a little bit different than if you're a Jays fan who went on this magical ride. You know, it looks like holy shit, who is your starting rotation next year? I think it's easy to get caught up in like the what we don't know and what we do know. You are of the opinion, I'll so I'll kind of slide that to the side. Uh-huh. You are of the opinion that the Toronto Blue Jays are not necessarily worse off today. Yeah. I don't think there's really I, I yeah. I I will I'll yeah, I'll stand by that. I, I Anthopoulos is did, did some very good things. I don't think he's replaced irreplaceable at all. I think that there, and this is something that I, our, your friend and mine, Brad Ligerant, was hap- happily digging through my old <laughs> tweets. Something that I've mentioned before, something that we've all talked about before, and the cult of the executive is what it is. The yeah. cult of the executive. That these front office types are the real, they pull the strings. It's them and their systems and their beliefs and their uh, attitude that truly shapes what happens on the field. That without Alex Anthopoulos, the Blue Jays are in the woods. Is part of the cult of the uh, the, the cult of the executive. Right. That that he is the the master overseer. It was his. He is the architect of the 2015 American League East champion Blue Jays. He pulled off all these unreal trades, and without him, they're fucked. That's not true. It's not true. Mm-hmm. It's there's a whole team of them. Just like he was part of the team under J.P. Ricciardi, and he helped to accomplish things. In the previous regime. And if, if it's Tony LaCava or somebody else that may ascend to the role of general manager. Or if Shapiro brings in 
his own people, things will probably be fine. All the people who worked under him would have learned things, learned his philosophy, and it'll work in concert with what Mark Shapiro believes. But it works the other way, too. Sure. And if Mark Shapiro comes in like he's some fucking grand overseer who can see all the moves ten steps before they happen, and he has the master plan to turn the team into some perennial powerhouse, that's bullshit, too. Yeah, that's true. There's no... Easy griff. No, well... <laughs> People love. No, there's. Well, I mean, there's already this, this narrative being established. It's like, oh, this is great. We're just gonna hate on this guy for the next four years. This is this. this He's gonna to have be- to wear it. That's the thing. Yeah. He's gonna wear it. But the thing is, and this is the thing that we don't want to talk about, or especially after all, all that happened, when the team's bad, and you're a little bit of the fan who pays attention, has your ear to the ground, keeps your figures out what's going on. It became really easy to piss on Rogers. So then the team wins and the team takes on salary and Rogers fades to the background a little bit. We kind of quibble with their way that they did game operations and celebrated and stuff. But the the ownership stops being the thing again. But all of a sudden, when it's like, oh, here's this guy, we parachuted into the situation and we're paying him a shitload of money to be, he's there, uh, I think Arden's well tweeted today, he's there to be the boss. Yeah. He's not there to be the cigar smoking eccentric who shows up and feeds Bob McCowan <laughs> every day. Yeah. He's there to, to run shit. And the hell they're going to hamstring him in any way. Especially if you are a... Oh, see, I, I have to stop. <laughs> it's so easy. And I really want it to be uh, this to be Edward Rogers' fault. And I yeah. don't think I'm alone in that. Yeah, I, I don't think you are alone in that. And I think a lot of people... You know, people are... I, I've seen people talking about how this was so in motion as of last year. You know, when the Duquette stuff and the Kenny Williams stuff happened and... You know, the wheels have been in motion for such a long time, and it you know really started to come to, to come together at the at this summer, and and you know we first heard whispers of it I think at the end of August or something like that, or maybe you know you know when the Jays weren't quite quite what they ended up being, but were close to it, and I, there seem to be people who think that that had the had they waited, had they not. Had they not had him in place all, this whole time while Anthopolis was doing what he was doing, then they might have been able to make a different decision and keep Anthopolis. And and, and and that the fact that, you know, all that all that he did from the trade deadline onward, or basically at the trade deadline, uh, doesn't it, it didn't amount to anything in the eyes of the organization because they already had a new boss for him. But I, I, I don't know. And, and, that, and that maybe they have made a mistake in not... Saying to Shapiro, "Hey, but look at what just happened. We can't give you the power that we promised." And if that's you know, people are like they should have shown him the door. But I, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the reason that he has this kind of power is because that's the carrot to get a good executive to come in and be the boss. And this is a guy who, you know, if you pay even a little bit of attention to Cleveland, you know, they're they're in a tough spot in terms of their market. In terms of their payroll, uh, they they haven't had the greatest you know run under him. Uh, though he's won a, you know an executive of the year award a couple times. I don't know anybody else who's won that. <laughs> uh, Is that worth the paper it's printed on? <laughs> no, it certainly isn't. Brian Colangelo can wave that <laughs> his his own version of that. How'd that go? Like what? Is, it doesn't fucking mean anything. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think that the that that Cleveland is really well set up. I think that. Cleveland is an organization that people look at as 
uh, as forward thinking and integrating their analytics stuff well with their player development stuff. And, you know, that's where John Farrell came from and why everybody was excited about John Farrell. Uh, even though he was in Boston as well, there's you know a lot. There's some overlap there, and there's all sorts of good things to like about the approach that Cleveland's taken. And if you look at where their team is at, even though it hasn't had the greatest couple of years, and a lot of people on Twitter today, when I was defending Shapiro and 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 trying to look at this from the other side, we're like, oh, Nick Swisher and Michael Bourne, and like, yeah, well, fuck, Tra- Travis Darnold and Noah Syndergaard and Jan Gomes, and you know, every organization, every front office has mistakes. But fuck, Cleveland's set up real nicely right now. And I think part of the appeal for Shapiro was to come in and have more resources. And, and so people who are kind of, like people want to tie this into to fears about what Rodgers is going to do with payroll. Uh, some person was theorizing, oh no, it's, he's not leaving because he wanted you know authority over moves. He's probably saw the budget that's going forward and they're cutting everything back and he didn't want it. And it's like, come on. Uh, that's not why That's really hard. And, that's really hard to believe. Given all the other numbers that, that yeah. came out of this year, like we made money hand over fist, so <laughs> if we keep cutting it back, we'll just keep making money it's, like that. And, and I don't that, think they would be so short sighted. And that's, I mean, that's what today's kind of been. It's just been fighting with these ghosts. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy that they wouldn't have, wouldn't have let you know Shapiro, whoever became their president, do this no matter what. As, as they should have, because that's how you get a good person in there, is by giving him this power. And, you know, everybody thought that it would be something that could work, and we hoped that it was something that could work, and it isn't. And fuck it. I, I Like I say, I don't think Anthopolis is irreplaceable. There's a, There's been a bit of the cult of, exec, of the executive thing built around him, the ninja stuff, the stuff about the trade deadline. There was some very friendly media here. And he, you know, he did a great job at the trade deadline in that short term. Uh, but it's so fucking easy too to look at to look at those moves in just the context of the last three months and not want to believe that anything could go wrong. Except when you look at, you know, you had David Price for two months. You gave up Daniel Norris for it. It could be a very good piece for somebody for the Detroit Tigers or wherever else he may land. You know, Tulowitzki. Got fucking injured. The oft-injured Tulowitzki got injured. He's unhappy or whatever. You know, you heard him at the end of, after game six, you know, talking about how this year threw him for a loop and he can't trust executives anymore. And I don't know. I'm sure that having the guy that brought him in get fired or get locked up the door, that's really going to help that a lot. Oh, that'll totally help. But, you know, it's, to me, it would be, it would have been like if this had happened Right before opening day 2013, where people would have been like, how can you get rid of Anthopolis? Look at those marvelous things that he's done. And it's like, well, give it a little time, and those things might not look as marvelous. And his track record is bigger than just that. And so to see him go isn't, to me, oh my god, they got rid of the guy who put this winning team on the field. They're like, oh, they got rid of the guy who did a, made some real nice trades that worked out really well at the end, and then had a long track record of... Some really, really great moves, and some moves that didn't work out, and you but, know, isn't isn't some sort of ninja god who no, but I people think they, maybe have built up in their minds. I think that Alex Anthopoulos was working in a slightly in, a, in an unusual situation in a slightly, in a slightly unusual uh, market, dealing with um, different kinds of pressures and, and realities. Maybe other GMs weren't, and I like that, despite the worries about plans and stuff like that and again now this is you know you and i sat here 
with the Dow Steve, and we we were ready to fucking fire. <laughs> yeah, I think but so. I think that I really like the thing. Number one uh, way that he approached building his team was to really focus on player development, but then not just to feed the big league team to use those players and to have other teams believe in your player development as a means to improve the big league club in the short term because the Toronto market is pretty fickle. You Not think? that any any market <laughs> isn't, but it the like this was the again it didn't always, it didn't always work out, but this was the the carrot like I don't think I think that he or someone else along along with him saw that this could happen, that this explosion of yeah. interest and revenue, if you're going to look at it from a Rogers perspective, sure, yeah. it would come. If like this, God oh, help me. If you build it, they will come. Like, yeah, they they did deliver the winner. This is what his thing was. In that, not we're gonna we're gonna have a team that's gonna be a high margin team, but it's like we're gonna do what we do, need to do to build a winner, and then it's gonna make us all a piss load of money. And it did. And For the two, other thing to remember, months, yes. Yeah, but that's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes. And the other thing to remember is, despite the fact that he did make a lot of trades of this thing, he did not move really, truly any of the most prized assets that the team had in terms of making the club better today or in the not-too-distant future. You could say what you want about Daniel Norris, but again, there is a laundry list of guys who have great stuff but can't throw strikes. Oh, yeah. No, and and uh, I mean we said this last winter too. You know, to mm-hmm. get Donaldson and still have Stroman and Sanchez on the roster and Osuna and and those are guys who are still here too and were obviously key to this year. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. And I mean, I say all that stuff about you know what you know his performance and how to evaluate. I, I look, I I said I wrote it down today that you know I think he should have you know, had the opportunity to keep going. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I think, I think it's a shame that, that he doesn't get this opportunity. I'm not ready to just fucking kick him out the door. Uh, but I think I, I understand where this other side is coming from. And, and, and I'm just not that troubled by it. I think it sucks. You said he had a, he had a friendly media. And I think that that is part of the way that he conducted himself. Sure. Because yeah. in my experiences, my interactions with Alex Anthopoulos, he was fucking great. He was a super nice guy. He went out of his way to remember my name and to use it and to ask, you know, not just be all all business all the time. Gave me an hour, told me stuff off the record that he had no business doing. <laughs> I mean, it was hardly like, you know, trade secrets, but he didn't. Yeah. Who was I to, for him to tell me stuff that I didn't yeah. know and I didn't need to know? Uh, and he made himself very available. And that's a, maybe a good way to, to win over media but i don't think that it's anything as insidious as that i think that's just kind of the person that he is he's, sure. he's a good guy and uh that seems to be the kind of consensus around him he didn't there was no there's no scorched earth as you know with with jp richardi when everyone was just happy to see him go and he pissed everybody off yeah and Fopos didn't do that i think a, a lot of it i think probably comes down to beaston uh in that and is and like you said before like just to look at things in a rogers perspective uh i i I think that the business side of things is maybe not as uh, as the well-oiled machine that the that the uh, front office is necessarily. You know, when you got uh, you know, John nineteen seventy eight there with his socks on, you know, smoking no cigars socks. and no computer, no, you know, 
and I, I'm sure there's lots of great people there doing great things. You know, Stephen Brooks was incredible this year on Twitter, for example. You know, keeping fans informed of everything as the playoffs went on and was was really responsive and great. And uh, but I think that I I think that you know on that end of things, you know, there there was talk last year and people said, oh, it's magical accounting. You know what? What are they doing about how the Jays lost money last year? And it's like they shouldn't fucking lose money. And I think, I think a lot of and what I've heard sort of rumbling in the background is that a lot of what, uh, that that it it is believed in the industry that the Jays could do a lot better on the business side and to get the kind of guy that, that who could do that meant getting a guy like Shapiro and meant disrupting this relationship that Anthopolis had with Beeston, which was a special one, and which is which was one where, you know, the president just good God, don't let the president have anything to do with baseball operations, you know, and that's just not the way that the world is going right now. In the, now in so the that's the other question. Then this is something that could be encouraging if you're a Blue Jays fan. Is this the hiring of Mark Shapiro, the installation of him as a not just a business guy, he's not there to lower his handicap, he's not there to you know, just count the beans. Uh, is this more of a, this is what kind of the way that these front offices are going, this very Wall Street approach where they kind of decentralize power and there's all these different tiers and layers and managers and managers and managers and managers and nobody has the official title, which is, means in a lot of ways that no one's left holding the bag. But I mean, you think about the Cubs and the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers bring in Friedman, but then there's like Zahidi and there's all these different yeah. guys who are, sought after in the industry they all make big checks but they're all sort of they all have these kind of nebulous titles and they all do things and maybe that's kind of where Shapiro is going to go it's going to get wider instead of more less you know less vertical that would absolutely be my guess I mean I I saw Griff (laughs) you know railing against that idea you know just being a copycat and 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 uh you know but that's what you do you you look at what is being successful you look at what the best good smart organizations are doing and and and, you know you to an extent you follow their lead obviously you want to innovate but i don't think that the the, i don't think that innovation is paul beeston's middle name so uh, you know i i'm i'm excited about what this front office might do it might it it, it, you know anthopolis and richardi especially before him came in with the you know, the smartest guy in the room kind of background and people that, for Richardi especially, like tur- turned people off and, and people look at them as the bean counters and not the guys who, you know, played the game. And, and that was always a thing, even though Anthopolis is, you know, uh, not the not the most analytically inclined GM and a guy who's very much into, into scouting and scouts and very heavily into that. And I would not be surprised at all if, if maybe part of the friction... If it wasn't simply about one thing about the autonomy, then part of it could have been about, you know, that kind of approach. Like, do you like what? What do you think about scouts? What are, like like what to to what extent it, does that factor into player evaluations and, and player development and what what else goes into it? And uh, I would suspect that it will be a, a scary new world for people who are already in that front office. But maybe that's, you know, maybe that's even a. a, a picture of them from a few years ago because I think you know you hear things about how they are progressing and, and learning and, and getting better on the job as well which is which I think Anthopolis obviously uh, part of haranguing and, and, and not liking his track record or pointing out some of the bad spots on his track record I think that on the other hand it was that you know he learned on the job and he got better as it went along and uh, and there was a lot to like there too as much as there are things to point to to dislike and, and to understand why uh 
Shapiro wouldn't have done everything in his power to keep him. And, you know, I, I don't know. I understand, like I say, I understand Shapiro's point of view and, and not wanting to give away the keys that he just inherited here right away to somebody who he didn't have any control over. He didn't have any choice, you know, in, in, in hiring. He, it, as great a job as Anthopolis did, as good as it looked at the end of, of the season, you know, I, it, it's still, we're just still at one point in time. And I think the, I, the biggest thing to worry about any move of any personnel anything like that in the game is to overreact before we know who or what's going to be in place after. Right. It does suck to lose Alex Anthopoulos, especially if you have, again, if you are close to the team and you, that, you know, in terms of like the way you feel, if you're emotionally invested in the team, you became emotionally invested in him because he's a good story, you know, Canadian kid, answers French questions in French, had this sort of, you know, really ballsy sort of going for it and throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously an easy story to like, but that doesn't mean that there isn't somebody else waiting to come in who's with, a, with an even better track record, with an even better way that they think they can make things work for Toronto, for the Blue Jays. Right. And if, while maybe not... We'll go back to the Kansas City Royals. Maybe, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe you're not swinging <laughs> for the fence. Maybe you're not hitting home runs on your trades like you know, or swinging for home runs like Josh Donaldson trades. If suddenly you start stringing together singles and you're and you're taking a position of strength and you're improving it and modernizing it and making it even better, like player development, like the scouting, like the ability to work the draft, it's only going to mean good things for the Blue Jays. But for now, because it's happened today of all fucking days the world series isn't even <laughs> over they played a game on friday night it's over <laughs> Sorry, the blue jays played on friday night and here we are it's thursday and the gm is out and then people start to think well what is that going to mean for the manager what is that going to mean for everybody else yeah it sucks because the last the, much of this week was spent in the afterglow blue jays fans myself included Happy to have been on a crazy ride yeah. with crazy games and crazy moments that you don't get always with a team that goes out in the in the in the ALCS. That you know, I can't. I bet you the someone like a fan of the Washington Nationals doesn't doesn't have as many memorable things that happened to their team as <laughs> the Blue Jays earned in not eleven good, playoff games. Not good memories. No, the, 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 <laughs> the Nats playoff memories are fucking terrible. Yeah, they have that worth it a walk off grand slam or walk off home run. I think maybe game two of the NLDS or something that they made a bobblehead for. So let's not do that if we can for a second. Let's enjoy the moments. Uh, well, uh, that's actually that is. I'm sure they're already casting the die. Probably the Jose Bautista <laughs> yeah. bat flip uh, bobblehead. But that's different. Yeah, I, and the other thing, and and I I understand this from people's concern too, is that it's it is the notion that yeah you had somebody, and we're talking about hey you know what what Shapiro could possibly do, who he could bring in, who knows what they're gonna do, who who knows what philosophy they'll have, and what they'll be able to do that's better. It's like and people are looking at it, they're like yeah but we had a guy, mm-hmm. he's doing pretty good. He was. So why but he, why but, why move into uncertainty when I think you that, had something that you felt pretty good about? It's easy to lose track. We had a guy who no none of us knew his name the day before he got hired to do this job. They didn't know none of. I mean, other than a handful, yeah. 
Like he used to go on the radio when, when Ricciardi started to to, to run away from you know the radio what I at mean. the end. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wasn't the guy. Yeah, he wasn't a big shining. Some star. people knew Paul yeah. Godfrey of all people showed up on the news uh, on CP24 and on the radio saying like I knew he was going to be a superstar and then I still think he is. That was Godfrey's comment. But uh, yeah, here we are. And maybe it's Lacava. Maybe it's Andrew Tinnish. Maybe it's an external guy. But there, John Farrell. John Farrell's going to come and be the GM. That's that's my that's my hope. He's busy. He's the manager of the Red Sox. For how long? For a while. Tony yeah. Lovello turned down more money to stay with him. Like a saint. Yeah. What a good story. It'd get well soon, John. Yeah. People are talking come, about come be the GM here. Terry, Terry Frank. The GM. Yeah. Why not? You want, you want Farrell to be the GM. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that'd go over real well. That'd go over real I just, fucking I well. Just, I just love the troll potential of it. I think it's great. No, but yeah, people are now talking about Francona. People are, you know, Ben Sherrington, uh, did, uh, did he take a job somewhere? Maybe. Teaching at fucking Harvard or Columbia not, or something like not that. that. Not that that's not that that's necessarily a big fucking success story that you want to scoop up, but... No? Eh. How, how long, can you remind me real quick how long flags fly? They do fly, they do fly for a very long time. Once they say World Series, they fly even longer and higher and prouder than once they say Division Champion. Yeah, yeah. But... So does the when you hang uh, Hanley Ramirez's skin <laughs> yeah. from a from a flagpole <laughs> high over Fenway Park. That flies forever as well. Uh, it could be anybody. It could be nobody. It could be just a bunch of pencil pushers. Uh, one thing I wanted to remind reminded me of. There's a good story in the Wall Street Journal about how the, the way the Cubs had to modernize their organization. When you bring in a GM or a president or a new guy like like Shapiro, it's not about we're going to use this computer to evaluate the players. It's turning it into a modern sports business. Yeah. That maybe, especially under Beeston, as you alluded to earlier. Oh, I believe that it ain't. That Blue Jays are not a modern yeah. sports business. I think that. I, I think ha- I think that is absolutely a big part of why a guy like Shapiro is here. Which is uh, again, if you're a Blue Jays fan, be happy with that. Be happy that the, that the team could easily be in a much better position in the next year or two. Don't be happy if this bullshit about getting scolded for telling for trading too many prospects—that's bullshit. That to me is—I—I—that's I, almost such that I don't want to believe it because I don't think it's true. There's—I heard a whisper today oh. that they that Shapiro, Shapiro, and Anthopoulos never actually spoke. Oh, not well, even once. Interesting. Which is weird because the whole thing about it when he came on is like, oh, they're like close, they're confidants as 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 you know. Aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? I don't, that doesn't mean it's true, that this thing that I heard. But all right. The important thing is none of this matters. We're all going to die soon. <laughs> the most important news of today, they're putting an Arby's in New York City. So, so John Heyman is happy. That's what's important. Eat at Arby's. The Royals are going to win the World Series. Everything is so obviously terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Unless Syndergaard shoves tonight or tomorrow night. That'd, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Anyway, I don't know how much you, you got left. You got we're being too level-headed. Someone's supposed to be melting down. I know. Well, yeah, that was my fucking Twitter mentions all day, basically. Meltdowns. Oh, just so many people getting called idiots by me. <laughs> Which you know, I don't know. Hey, go go be nuts. But you know, if you're if you're gonna be nuts, and then include my my Twitter handle in it. 
I may have some level-headed calling you a fucking moron. To I would rather they do that than people tag me in their in their Halloween costumes. Fair enough. Fair enough. You might, you might want to miss me with that next time. Yeah, but on, I don't know. Honestly, it, it sucks. It, Anthopolis should still be here, I think, by all rights. I think he deserved to be here after what he did the, uh, this year, despite the, my pointing to his track record. But I also think it's, a, you know, it is an exciting time to watch, you know, people come in and are, and I think are going to try to transform this team into a modern sports franchise. You know, this is not... This is not the model franchise. This isn't, you know, sorry, sorry to say, it's not the Cardinals. It's not, it's not the the team that people are looking to, despite their success this year. You know, you look at it and you're like, man, that could have really gone a whole other way too. You know, they could have they could have signed Johnny Cueto, who has been spotty and and has been good lately. And except, did you except see? When, by the way, sorry to interrupt. Please, you. the thing from game. What game was that? Game four. When Cueto, Cueto was calling his own pitches from the mound because they were all so shook about the man in white yeah. and going through the secondary singles, signals that Tom Verducci had Cueto with, holding his hand at his hip was telling Salvador Perez what he wanted to throw. And the Jays bullpen or dugout was like, uh... <laughs> and then they started yelling to the batter, like, this is what he's going to throw. I, Charlie Cueto's an idiot. But he pitched his ass off yesterday. He certainly did. He certainly did. But what I'm saying is, you know, the, you know, it could have, the, the two thing worked out well. And uh, in spite of itself, uh, he had great, you know, some huge hits in the playoffs. You know, they had Ryan Goins, who just in the second half sort of decided that he was going to learn to take a walk, at least until the playoffs started, and, and be a, a, a guy who could cover for him when he did inevitably, inevitably get injured. And you know, Price was so fucking lights out, but Are you, didn't necessarily have to be. Ben Revere played his fucking ass off. All these trades worked out spectacularly well, but um, I don't like how much is that? How much was by design? How much was like? Obviously, they didn't. You know, you, I think it's, all, all the things that, that, that happened. Was, only Price really stretched what you would I would say are like the error bars on his performance. Only Price maybe pitched. Performed that much better than you would have hoped. I think Probably. Ben Revere yeah, played but... like good Ben Revere, which is not an alien concept. Agreed. Tulowitzki, if in by all rights, was worse. Yeah. Than anyone could have imagined. Which I think we can. You and I are. You are obviously talking yourself out of Troy Tulowitzki. No, no, no. I, oh, I, I you love are. Tulowitzki. I think I, I'm. I'm very excited. Is that because he's on his way to town? <laughs> yeah, probably. You no, I, I I hope not. I would hope, you hope, I hope not. not. Yeah, it's fucking too low. He's great. You push him. You can't stop I'm, pushing him out the door. People are gonna fucking lose their shit when they see what he does over a full season when he's you know not thrown for a loop with a trade or whatever. Those Diamondback like. fans are gonna be really excited. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying it would, did work out spectacularly well, but I. W- it's almost. It, I mean, it's cliche or to, 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 to say like process versus results kind of kind of stuff for all sorts of things. But I don't know what 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 do we th- we love the process obviously because playoff starved fans and flags fly forever, uh, and we we're like you know fuck you fuck these prospects get rid of them. Uh, I can totally see the other side of it though. Always, always trade your prospects. Trade them all. Trade every single one. 
I think I'm if not, anything, I'm not sure if that's, anything, that's the way I think to do it. that Anthopolis might have been on the on the front side of this curve. It could, yeah, no, absolutely. The, I think absolutely the teams that overvalue too. and hug their prospects are the ones that are going to get burned. No, I think that's I, that's definitely a possibility. Because what too. would it have? What what would have Dylan Bundy have got you at the end of the 2012 season? He would have got you the fucking world. Yep. And then, whoops, he's a pitcher. What what happens when you trade, you know, your best starter at the trade deadline for three players and the two biggest players on your trade uh, become literally nothing? Like if you trade, I don't know, CeCe Sabathia for, for Matt LaPorta Matt and Zach yeah. Jackson. Yeah. And Michael Brantley, it should be said. But if yeah. you think the Michael Brantley thing redeems that trade, I will disagree with you. Sure. No, I, I I think you could absolutely be right, and and I guess maybe that's that's what it kind of comes down to. Fuck all the prospects. That's what I'm saying. Fuck them all. Unless you have like a sure <laughs> thing, can't miss. You you see it as soon as you you draft him, you develop, you put him in the system. You're like, this is it. If he's not that, if it's if there's question, get him out. Let somebody else overvalue him. Not you. Don't waste my goddamn time. Could have, yeah, could have got something for Aaron Sanchez at some point. Yeah, that's your that's to the 2016 closer you're talking about, son. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna put him back there after he fails in the rotation again. Yeah, yeah, problem. This is his last shot. We uh, we've said this before. Yeah, We're yeah. sitting right here in these spots. We weren't watching season four of Mad Men, but uh, that's true, yeah. which we are now. Uh, yeah, no, that's over. I mean, no, this is his last shot to be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But anyway, this is enough. We've gone on. Yeah. There. we didn't even do a break. No, we did. I think you should be uh, commended. Because there was very little speculation uh, in what we've just said, I think. feels that way. Yeah. Well, Which is good. Yeah. We don't know how any, what all, any of these guys are thinking. No, we don't. I hope yeah, it's it a, that way. It's just weird. It's just a weird, uncertain period here. Eat at Arby's. That people are, are understandably melting weird down. about. Melting. <laughs> melting down about. Melting down <laughs> after, about the... After the gift that was the last three months. I would trade any prospect for what happened the last three months. I would trade Chris Bryant for being in the building when Jose Bautista hit that home run. <laughs> it's fucking sick. I fucking had to get Oh, you my weren't ticket. there? Oh, man. That sucks. Uh, at least I wasn't one of the scums throwing fucking beer. I'm glad I didn't get hit because I probably would have started a fire. <laughs> I was well yeah. protected. Yeah. Did you see? Did we talk about this last time? Maybe we did about uh, Tim Langton, the PA announced yeah, yeah, his yeah. tweets. It was just like, oh, yeah. oh, the next my next announcement was going to be the forfeit. Like you're like this is your warning. You're going to forfeit this game for your team. Things change. Things change all over right now. That's what's going on. Mike Maddox is out as the the, the pitching coach of the Rangers. Like people go looking for new jobs. There's only thirty of them kicking around. There's only thirty pitching coaches, thirty managers, thirty general managers, thirty team presidents. Got to you. Got to move. You got to be nimble. Uh, thank you, Alex Anthopoulos. Thank you for your contributions to the 2015 Blue Jays and all the teams that came before. I know he's a big listener. Oh yeah, I know. With all yeah. his media appearances and <laughs> updating his LinkedIn, uh, he's gonna have to listen to Birds All Day as he always does. Long time listener, zero time caller. But I will. I that's all. That's all at this point that I can do is to thank him for uh, treating me like a human being. And for uh, treating 
baseball players like chattel and moving them around like pieces on a chessboard <laughs> and yeah. ending up with Troy Tulowitzki and Josh Donaldson and Russell Martin and David Price and Jose Baptista for five years and Edwin Encarnacion for four and it's gone pretty well. Yeah, it's gone very, it's gone very, very well. I mean, I'm not looking forward to every fucking year the oh maybe we can bring Anthopoulos back oh oh anytime anytime anything weird happens with the president or the new GM or somebody moves around oh maybe we can maybe we'll get back Anthopoulos you know this, this he'll he will now be that guy he'll be will that the, guy that every idiot will pine for well, every time we before. have an opportunity will the next GM be the GM or will he have a cool job title Oh, I thought we were proud Associate. of ourselves for not speculating. No, but I know, but I, no, we're speculating on the the job title, like director of decision sciences. Yeah, it'll probably be more like that, I would think. Baseball spatial technician. Yeah, probably. Anyway. All right, that's it. Uh, this sucks. <laughs> a little bit. Fuck. All right, thanks a lot. We'll do another one of these next week. Oh, God only knows. God only bloody well knows. What'll happen next week? Uh, for Andrew Stoke, my name is Drew Ferris. Thank you for listening to Birds All Day.